Hey, church family, Kevin here with today's podcast. Over the last few weeks, I found myself in Isaiah, and I'd like to share some things that God's been teaching me through his word there. We're going to be looking at chapter 48. So while you're finding your way there, uh, let me provide you a little background. Isaiah was written 700 years before Christ. He preached strongly against religious hypocrisy and adultery of the day, foretold of coming judgments and the captivity of Judea, and it's later released through King Cyrus, along with prophesizing about the first and second coming of Christ. And while the first 39 chapters focus primarily on judgment and warning, uh, chapter 40 on focuses on salvation, which brings us to chapter 48, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 11. Hear this, O house of Jacob, who are called by the name Israel, who came from the waters of Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and confess the God of Israel, but not in truth or right. For they call themselves after the holy city and stay themselves on the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. The former things I declared of old, they went out of my mouth and I announced them. Then suddenly I did them and they came to pass. Because I know that you are obstinate and your neck is like iron sinew and your forehead brass, I declared them to you of old. Before they came to pass, I announced them to you, lest you would say, my idol did them. My carved image and my metal image commanded them. You have heard, now see all this, and will you not declare it? From this time forth, I announce to you new things, hidden things that you have not known. They are created now, not long ago. Before today, you have never heard of them, lest you should say, behold, I knew them. You have never heard, you have never known, from of old your ear has not been opened. For I knew that you would surely deal treacherously, and that from birth you were called a rebel. For my name's sake I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. As we look back on the first verse, we see the indictment. Not in truth or right. Hypocrisy. This was also Jesus' indictment 700 years later when Jesus called out the scribes and Pharisees, where they preached, where they preach but do not practice. And even today we see this evident in some of our churches. But then comes to the hard question, do I see this evident in my own life at times? Do my actions reflect what I claim to believe? And if I'm honest with myself, I'd have to say at times, no. And where does this come from? Stubbornness, pride, same qualities demonstrated by Israel. Does this come from a lack of faith in God? After all, faith should produce heartfelt obedience, shouldn't it? Then there's verse 3, when God speaks declaring his trustworthiness. He declares things beforehand to his people and then did them, giving them hope for the future and demonstrating his faithfulness. Do I truly believe that his ways and his desires are always best? Do I trust him? And then he also did this so Israel would not give credit to idols, but give God the credit he is due. 
And then another indictment comes in the form of a question in verse 6. You have heard, now see all this, and will you not declare it? Ouch. After hearing God tell them what he was going to do and then doing it, do we not give God the credit? Do I give credit to the things of the world instead of to God? Or do I shy away from declaring his mighty works? Hmm. Something to think about. Then God goes on telling them again about new things to come. Later in verse 12 on, we see that being Israel's return from captivity, even though they haven't, that hasn't happened yet, and their redemption physically and spiritually. This is not unlike the promise he's made to us today about our future, about his commitment to continue to save us, refine us, transform us from one degree of glory to the next, a promise of inheritance that awaits us. And why does he do all this? Thankfully, not, not because of who I am or my worth, because after reading and reflecting on these verses, I see a lot of similarities between me and the Israelites addressed here. God continues with his commitment to fulfill his promises because of who he is. It's for his namesake that he doesn't give us what we deserve, which is his wrath, but chooses to give us his mercy and righteousness, redeeming us. It's for his glory that he does what he does, to call to himself a people and to purify his bride. His ways are best. He is faithful to his word. He is trustworthy and worthy of all our praise and he'll continue in his promises towards us, all because he is God. And for that, I am most thankful. God bless, church family.